Bagwan, brethren! What's going on, everybody? We're going to do another review of Bob Marley, One Love. Tune on in to hear Jonathan talk about the Bumbaclots and all them fools out here talking about the movie. We're going to talk about the, you know, the, all the music, the magic, the love. So tune on in and listen on in to the first ones to die. Aye. Hello everyone, welcome to the First Ones to Die podcast. We hope you're having a great week. We know we are. My name is Jonathan and I'm here with Alex and Jerome. How y'all doing today? Jerome, how you doing? Doing good, chilling. Um, yeah, I have nothing to report. Oh, I did uh, start reading bitch planet i finally bought it <laughs> so Love it. i would show you what's inside but it is a very adult comic book um but it's, Judging it's, by the it's, name it's, yeah. but it's fun uh kelly sudaconic uh is the writer i like her writing i also liked her uh writing for wonder woman historia so i'm excited to finish bitch planet um it's about a group of women that are taken to it's like it's a sci-fi uh, comic in which there's a planet that outside of earth that has been like constructed to be a prison for uh women who are criminals and uh, so it's about a group of women on said planet uh but it is colloquially known as bitch planet <laughs> even though that's not the actual title um and uh yeah so i'm excited to read it uh but other than that just been chilling living life working a lot all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How about you, Alex? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I had a pretty fun weekend. I went to the garden and flower show with Lauren. It's become like a little tradition of ours now to go every year. It's really cool. Get to see different like oh, landscaping cool. prize, landscaping designs. I'm always confused by, I understand it looks pretty, but every time I see something with like a water feature, you know, like those ponds or things like that. All I can think is mosquitoes. Mosquitoes and like bacteria breeding ground. I don't find it pretty. If, you know, have more plants or something, just that's just a breeding ground for like insects and bugs. So I always get grossed mm -hmm. out when I see those, but very pretty to look at. I got some bamboo. Um, I texted my mom that I was like, oh, this is your new grandson. It's Bartum. Bartum. The bamboo. And so, new addition to our family. Very handsome. Uh, and then I also saw a comedy show with my sister on Monday. Yes, Monday. Trying to figure out what day we're in. Full disclosure, audience, starting <laughs> off really quick. I am a little high. <laughs> Just a tad. Not much. Not much. Just enough where you're, uh, you're going to have to work with me some parts of this episode. Um, but <laughs> I saw, uh, some Native American comedy stars. It's, uh, was a little bit of a troupe or could you still call it a troupe if there's four people in it? I think so. I, I, I assume so. Okay. Um, yeah, there were four comedians. I apologize. I don't really remember their names, but it was good. It was a unique experience because 
the last few shows I've gone to has been straight white males, you know? So it's like, it was a different level of there's a women comedian and then people of color. So it was like a nice, like, I, you know, connect with this on so many different levels. So it made the humor so much better. And then I just like spending time with my sister because I, I like her as a person most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. You saw that at the, uh, not, you didn't see the, that at the Paramount. The, the, the Neptune. The Neptune. Okay. Cool. And this was I like the, the first. Neptune. Yeah, the Neptune's really, this was the first time I ever did uh, ground floor seats. Because the tickets were all 25. But usually I always, even if they're like cheaper or the same pricing, I usually shoot for the mezzanine. Because I just like the balcony area. And I feel like you get to see a little more when you're not leveled with everybody. So it was the first time we were ever like on the ground floor. I did not like it. Oh, Tall man. dude sat right in front of me, and like I had to do the thing where you keep tilting the whole show. So uh, definitely <laughs> going to be staying up on that balcony, trying to find ways. So I know I have a seating preference now. <laughs> I love that. Oh, um, how you doing, Jasmine? You just gotta stand up and then just start coughing. And then when he realizes you're coughing on the back of him, he'll be like, Ew, I need to sit down. I don't, I don't like being coughed on. No, he was a tall dude. <laughs> I know. You cough he's- on the back of his neck specifically. <laughs> then he feels that spittle hitting the back of his neck. He's just like, ah, what the world going on? I, I need to. And then, you, you know, you don't want to turn around, though, because he don't want to get sick. He don't want to get coughed on in the face. And then he'll sit down. And that way you just you just stand up above him. And then you're just like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Or I could just tilt my head because there were also people behind me. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't block their view, but I'm also like 5'4". Five, 5'5 five, five on a good day. Um, but I'm 5'4", so I don't really block anybody's view. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm a nice person to sit in behind, I think. Remember when we saw, was it Smosh? Mm-hmm. At the Neptune? Yeah. Did, was was that at the Neptune? Yeah, it was at the Neptune. Yeah, that was at the Neptune. I remember we, I remember we sat in the... Uh, in the balcony um and that was fun i, remember it. I, remember I mean if you recall any plays we've gone to it's always been in the balcony i've always cho- chosen the balcony but i was like let me try the ground floor because like you know i'm always like what, what's so great about the balcony you know seats were a little more tighter so i was like i like having seats at the end of the row too just makes me feel more comfortable so i was like ground floor has a couple seats and the row pretty good angle pretty good view I hated it. You just feel very flat and centered. The balcony just promises that angle that you have just enough that you can always see over people's heads. So, mm-hmm. but I think that's good. I think it's nice to when you when I like to go to a lot of like theater comedy shows, like to see things you know like that to understand now that like I really do have a preference. Before it was just like something like oh yeah I always shows. Now I know why. I absolutely know why. <laughs> I have a preference for things. Finally, usually I'm very like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't have enough. Preference. Oh yeah. Also, when we saw John Leguizamo, yeah, mm-hmm. we were in the balcony as well. Well, those yeah. I didn't choose. Those oh. were like last minute. Well, that, if you recall, uh, I invited you the day of because I literally bought those tickets. They're like, hey, a couple tickets still on sale, cheap, discounted because they were just trying to get rid of them. I was like, hell yeah. So I grab, I literally paid whatever for whatever seats. I didn't even know where we were going to be for that one. <laughs> that John Leguizamo's uh, show was fantastic. I loved it so that much. That was a really good show. It was a really good show. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that was my weekend or the last time I seen. Other than that, 
life's not been too exciting, I think. Yeah, I mean, things pretty <laughs> chill. Works, works still a lot, but work, work, I work in the, with insurance companies, healthcare. It's always going to be a lot. <laughs> I don't think there's a relaxing day there, but other than that. What about you, Jonathan? How you been doing this week? Good, good. This weekend was uh, pretty relaxing. Uh, it started raining Sunday night um, and it's been raining throughout today, uh, which has been a trend for the last few weeks. At least like a few days out of the week, it has been raining, which is very unusual for L.A. Um, to rain this much. But we deal with it. Um, leaks and all. Um, thankfully, the ones in my apartment are all fixed, but at work, they, uh, we've been dealing with them. Um, and just the roads have been nasty, but um, we'll clear up soon enough. We'll get through it. The grass will be green, literally. The, the grass will be greener on the other side because of all the rain. Um, also, <laughs> uh, yeah, a really exciting thing. I opened up my mailbox last week and I got my passport. Uh, I was not expecting to get it so soon. I had sent it off. My passport's about to expire in May and I want to travel around then. Dang, who's drag racing outside your, your apartment, Alex? <laughs> Who knows anymore? <laughs> I'm right by a gas station, so people, as soon as they fill up gas, they're like, yeah, let me burn it and pull out. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I had set my passport in like a couple weeks prior, uh, and I expedited it because I had seen so many stories. Like, I read through Reddit to, to you know, just gauge at how long people typically get their passport back when they mail it in, and people were like, yeah, I didn't do expedited and I'm coming up on like 12, 13 weeks. And I'm like, dang, it really takes that long to get your passport back. Um, but mine took two weeks and that was it. And I was so surprised. And now I have my passport. So I'm thankful for that. You know, what's cool. funny is I was exactly <clears throat> like that when I first got my passport. I read all this stuff about it taking months and months and months. And I think I got my passport for the first time ever. I do like within a six week range. It was really, really quick. And I was like, this is cool. And then my sister got it and they actually sent her a letter. They're like, we need 14 photo identifiers because your name's too common. Which, which <laughs> really? it is it's in, in, in uh, Mexican culture. It is. Uh, her name's actually like John Doe almost. So she had to send in 14 identifiers and it took her like two extra months. We only found like I think thirteen because we had to get yearbook. It was really weird. Who has fourteen identifiers? Um, and then uh, who? Yeah, I can't even. And then my mom tried to do it, uh, but she was also a home birth, and so she wasn't born in a hospital. So they're like, mm, yeah, we need you to send in so much more stuff. So hers took close to like a year to get a passport for her, and I just happened Dang. to really nearly <laughs> sent it in. I was like, yeah, it's super easy. Don't even worry about it. So <laughs> But I'm glad oh, you got geez. your surprise. Where do you have an idea of where you like you want to go? I do want to go to Italy. Um, yeah, around like around birthday time. Um, but oh, I haven't locked anything down. Paris. Yet. Although uh, Ari wants to go to Japan this year, so that if we do travel, that's the place we're going. Uh, but then you know maybe next year Paris. 
because um, I've been before, but I was 13. So it's not like I could really do anything <laughs> or go any places. We were part of a group. Uh, so it's like this, you know, if I go now, I'll be an adult. So I can actually go to Paris and chill out and go see the sights. And I'm going to touch up on my French so I can actually talk to some people, especially if we get lost. <laughs> we know where we're going. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. But I also, too, need to renew my, well, not renew, get a new passport because my passport is far expired by now. <laughs> mm. I think my mom has my old passport. Yeah, I had to renew mm-hmm. mine. It's been, a, I think, more than two years. I don't know if that's a renewal or a new one now. Oh, if it's expired? Yeah, it's been expired for like two years. I haven't renewed it. I think you would get a new one. Yeah, you just get a new But one. I think the process might even be easier for getting a new one. Because I had to send in my passport. Like my current passport that wasn't expired. So I was without a passport for two weeks, which was fine because I didn't go anywhere. But like, what if I had to leave the country for like an emergency yeah. or something? Yeah, that's why I'm like, I should, I should get it renewed. That should be something I'm... My top list. What emergency would constitute you having to leave the whole country? You <laughs> never know. What are you yeah. planning a heist or something? Are you getting ready to commit a, a heinous crime? <laughs> you never know. You don't. <laughs> well, you know what country we going to today? Going Jamaica. To Jamaica. <laughs> We're going to review One Love, the movie starring Idris Elba. Uh, starring oh uh, Kaimani Marley, uh, daughter of uh, Bob Marley, and also uh, Shireen Anderson and Voss Blackwood. Uh, the description on IMDb is a Rasta, a Rasta musician meets a gospel singer when they both enter a music contest in Kingston, Jamaica, and they fall for each other but are kept apart by the girl's father, the pastor, who wants her to marry into the church. Uh, One what? Love came out in 2003, and uh, that's the movie we're reviewing today. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused for a second. I was like, did you just right read now. off the wrong cast list? This is an actual, I was looking up Bob Marley, One Love, and it was like, also, people also search for One Love. And I'm like, what the heck is this? It's another movie. <laughs> it's titled. That's One why Love. you wanted to get in the description so fast. I was like, Jerome, ain't this normally my part? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which funny enough, this movie has, it is like sizzling soundtrack from Bob Barley, Shaggy and Sean Paul. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> but now knowing that his daughter is in the movie, that explains why they have some of Bob Barley's music in it. <laughs> uh, she was blessing. the fast track approval. I guess. To get the Uh, songs cleared. But this also explains why this movie is called Bob Marley colon One Love and not just called One Love because that's totally what the title would have been. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think Bob calling it Bob Marley colon One Love also helps people identify that it's a Bob Marley Listen, it's not called Queen colon rap, like Bohemian Rhapsody or Whitney Houston colon I want to dance with somebody. (laughs) <laughs> well, one love has a lot of Wasn't meanings. It called, like, I want to dance wait, with somebody what? does not, or Bohemian Rhapsody definitely does not. But one love definitely <laughs> has a lot of meanings, and a, there are a lot of songs titled "One Love." But, Didn't the but if it, you know it's a Bob Marley movie, <laughs> not have the name Whitney Houston, isn't it? Wasn't it just like somebody to dance with? I want to dance. I want to dance with somebody. Yes. Yeah, it was just I want to dance with somebody. Was that one should have? And it also been. didn't do very well. I didn't. Why is my internet being so slow? 
Oh, there we go. Never mind. Need- it's because of what it was loading. Never mind. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> today we are reviewing Bob Marley One Love that came out in 2024. <laughs> Starring Kingsley Ben Adir as the titular Bob Marley, Lashana Lynch, James Norton, Tosin Cole, among many others. Uh, this film is uh, a, a biopic about the life of Bob Marley, uh, the story of how reggae icon Bob Marley overcame adversity and the journey behind his revolutionary music. Now, if this is your first time watching one of our episodes, one of our reviews, uh, how we normally do it is we first go through our non-spoiler thoughts. We talk about, you know, did we like the movie? Did we not like it? And we'll give you a warning before we go into our full-on spoiler thoughts. Although this is a a biopic, so, you know, there's that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Alex. What did you think about this movie? I thought it was okay. But I wasn't surprised that it was okay. No, let me explain it. It's because a lot of the times when you have a biopic about a person of color who has had great influence, they tend to be okay. You know, like we just talked about the Whitney Houston movie. It didn't do great. And like mm. the ones they've done about, I think the only one I can say with like confidence is the, um, again, I did smoke people. Like, right with um, <laughs> the, you're living up your, your, Bob Marley's legacy. Bob Marley's legacy. You're, right. you're just, uh, See, I don't, I don't connect too much to the reggae. Uh, last time I listened to reggae was a white, white men were playing reggae. And I actually ended up in the hospital with alcohol poisoning. So, me and Reggae, not really the fondest memories there. But, like, the movie was good. I thought the acting was pretty decent. You can absolutely tell the main actor is not Jamaican at all. Multiple times, I felt like I, I like there were moments and scenes where I was like, I bet the director had cut and was like, you need to do it better. And this was the best they got. And it's like... Eef. Um, you know, so it was it could have been better. I was a little confused to where they point start off in the story. Cause this was if um if I'm recalling correctly, already when his music career had started. Yeah. He's already yeah. Like, he's, he's already, already like, Bob Marley the icon by the time this yeah. uh, movie starts. And he's already has but in fact we're we're close to the end of his life. Uh, but uh, at the point of this movie, I mean, yeah, because he like died at years thirty-five. Out. Yeah, he died. He died at thirty-six in 30. nineteen eighty-one. Oh, this movie ends at about, I think, at like nineteen seventy-eight or nineteen seventy-nine. So, like, he had already kind of, like, it was it was close to the end of his career. <laughs> is, yeah, when this movie takes place, which is why I was also like a little confused from time to time because they chose such a younger actor to play him instead of you know getting somebody who looked. Like Bob Marley and Bob Marley, like had these scars and wrinkles and wears and time had, you know, been played on his face. It had shown everything he's been through, through the political struggles, living in Jamaica, building his music career up, especially, you know, during a time where racism, as it always is, is very heavy 
So the wear and the struggle is on the face. And then you have some young actor. It's like, you look nothing like Bob Marley. Bob Marley looked, you know, he had age with with his music career. You well, Kingsley Ben is King- not young. Like he is, I think he's he. His- well, he's no, he's he's actually older than Bob Marley was when he died. Really? <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's an older guy. It's just they, it's the hair about to be thirty eight. Because if you look at like his hair days. when he's like uh, his regular, like when he's just you know dressed up regular uh, in his like uh, regular clothing, he's got like salt and pepper hair. That's why he's played Obama a couple times because he's, he's like, played he's Obama, good looking fella. Yeah, <laughs> Man, he played Obama in oh God, the one where uh, Viola Davis was doing this as Michelle Obama. Oh, oh. my God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but he's. I'm he's sorry. A, I love. I love you, Viola Davis. But he's an older. Fantastic. He's an older man. Like it's just he. I mean, his in his face he plays younger. But like, if you look at um, yeah. his hair and stuff when he's just like out and about, he's. Uh, I think he's in his forties. <laughs> Yeah, I he well he absolutely does not look it at all, and I kept thinking I'm like they should have chose at least somebody with more. I don't want to say like wear on their face, but somebody whose story has definitely been told on their face, you know, with the wrinkles and scars and the, like the time. But I guess he's okay. I stand corrected. He's thirty eight. He's thirty eight. Jerome, I said time. that like. I said that like two minutes ago. You said he was older than Bob Marley, like when yeah, he and then I said he's say thirty. Age. And then I said he's thirty-seven. He's turning thirty-eight. Oh, well, he's already so thirty-eight he, now. <laughs> he is technically older than Bob Marley. Bob Marley did pass away when he was thirty-six. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. technically, uh, just by a few years, but uh, but I thought it could have been better. I think it was really interesting the story they wanted to t- tell. I think ah, stupid phone. I think um, Bob Marley's story is also just a very interesting one. But there was also this weird pacing with the movie. It's almost like they took a bio series, a mini series, and kind of crammed it into a proper movie. Where you felt kind of patchy. It's like, I, yeah, I, it just could have been structured so much better. And Bob Marley deserved better. <laughs> That's my take. What about you, Jerome? Um, I, I need Hollywood to make, and this is going to come off weird, but I think it's true, is that uh, Hollywood- I'm sorry. One second. I have to interrupt. I stand corrected. He did not um, play Obama in the Viola Davis one. Oh, okay. He did not. That was somebody else. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, I need Hollywood to stop letting the families be the ones to make these movies of the person in question. They can have the right to like say whether the movie gets made or not. You know, that's that's your right as a family member to the deceased per- famous person. But I don't think they should allow them to make the movie because this movie feels very much. It has a lot of the same problems Selena the series had, I feel like. Mm, yeah. Where this movie is like because uh, I, I don't know much about Bob Marley going into this film, as far as like, you know, the assassination attempt, things like that. Like I knew those things happened, but I didn't know like the circumstances surrounding them of why. So on that front, I thought that was cool that we got to learn that stuff. But this movie avoids a lot of Bob Marley's past and a lot of Bob Marley's problems because it's made by his son, his son, Ziggy Marley. His son even introduces the movie and being like, hey, thanks for watching our movie. Uh, about my dad 
And I, I'm sure he loved his dad. I'm sure his dad loved him. But you can tell there's a lot of like watering down of this subject material because it's about his dad and he wants his dad to look a certain way in a certain light. And I say that because this movie skips over a lot. Like it's and I and I I'm a huge I am a fan of a biopic about a certain artist during a certain time. Uh, in fact, another biopic coming out this year that I'm excited for is um, Amy uh, is Back to Black, the biopic about Amy Winehouse. We even got a trailer for it. I think that comes out like next month or something. Yeah, I'm excited to watch oh. that movie, and uh, it's looking like it's only going to be focused on Amy Winehouse's period of time when she was making Back to Black, which is cool because you know a lot of times. You, when you have biopics, people get lost in the trappings of here's the rise of when they hit their stride. And here's when they discovered their one thing to make their unique sound. And here's when they started the drug started and their downfall into the abyss. And now here's their rise back up to startup. And then they died. The end. That's like every biopic does it. Bohemian Rhapsody's done it. <laughs> Johnny Cash did it. Ray did it. Like, it's just, it's gotten to the point where, like, everybody does the same things. Um, and so it's like, it's nice to have a biopic that's a little different. That's why I liked Rocket Man so much, where I was like, this is a little different. It's not quite, you know, like groundbreaking or anything, but it's something that, something a little more fresh for a biopic material. Um, and I was hoping this movie would be the same thing. But I, I, I knew something was off when the movie starts with text. <laughs> To explain Bob Marley, like Bob Marley's awesome and he's done all this stuff and there's political unrest. Okay, here we go. Here's the movie. And I was like, it would have been nice to see this stuff beforehand, even if it's a montage. Um, and I think that's the biggest disservice to this movie is that like it, 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 it the movie assumes you know who Bob Marley is and how important Bob Marley is. Yeah. Before the movie starts. And I, and granted, Bob Marley's famous enough. That's a fair assumption to have. But I think about like what makes a biopic work is that you are informing an audience who may not even know who this person is, who this person is, and why, how, why they were important, how they became who they became. And that's the part that's missing in this film. And I agree with you on the pacing, especially because there's times where we go, we like, go to different places and different locations in this movie. And we don't know why we're there. <laughs> there's no reason. There's like outside of one, there's one move. There's one uh, location change where they actually have a conversation of explaining why they're there. But otherwise, it's just we just see Bob Marley doing stuff like making his album, going to parties, whatever. And we don't get the scenes in between to explain why Bob Marley would go there, given what we know about the person, know about the man, like what, how he's getting wrapped up and whatever. And the, there's a big one in particular that I'll get to the spoilers of a part of his life. They completely skip over that. I was like, I would have liked to have seen that or at least get some, get some, maybe some knowledge or something, or maybe a justification. Um, and then I, uh, performance wise though, I think everyone's okay. Um, I like Kingsley Benadire as Bob Marley. I do think though, like, cause at the end of this movie, we get some clips with the real Bob Marley. He does not sound like Bob Marley, like at all. He sounds like a regular Jamaican guy, <laughs> which I think is an interesting thing. Cause I'm like, Bob Marley had like a raspy voice. I've never heard interview clips with Bob Marley, him just talking until this movie. And I was like, man, I, that's not the voice I would expect to hear from this dude, given like his, his music. Um, 
But uh, like, so I, I will give you that Kingsley Benadier does not sound like Bob Marley, but I think he, the emotion is there. I did like his um, his presence and stuff. I think he had a peaceful vibe to him, and that is something that Bob Marley was about as a as a person. And so I think he captured that very well. Uh, but Lashana Lynch is the one holding this movie up. To be quite mm-hmm. honest, like as his wife Rita, she's amazing. Uh, and, uh, which I mean, Lashana Lynch is amazing in everything, but like, she really does like do her part to keep this movie afloat. And, um, yeah, but yeah, those are my, those are my overall thoughts. I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay, but I think there's a lot missing in this movie that could have made it like, made it amazing. And I think a lot of it is just because of the people who produced it (laughs) are, are trying their best to kind of make it a certain type of way and they don't want to. Reveal certain details, and I think that does this movie a disservice for sure. Jonathan, nice. What do you think? First off, I want to start with the new uh, Amy Winehouse movie, Back to Black. Uh, I didn't know who was playing Amy Winehouse, and it's Marissa Abela, I believe is how you say her name. I'm not sure, but uh, she is in a show called Industry on HBO. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Uh, season one in particular, she is great in that. Um, and I just got really excited because I did not know she was playing Amy Winehouse. But uh, it looks yes. good. I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as for my thoughts on One Love, um, I I kind of echo your guys' thoughts. I thought it was okay. Um, in kind of listening to your guys' thoughts, I realized, yeah, I wish we would have gone through more of his life. The fact that this takes place at one specific time it is in his life and at the end of his career when he was probably at the height of his, um, or the end of his life and career when he was at arguably the height of his popularity. That's the, the, the part of his life that everybody is familiar with. So I wish we would have been able to go through his early years and see how he got to become Bob Marley. Um, I know that's the traditional way biopics typically go. So maybe they were trying to go, you know, stray away from that and make different creative decisions, but it's Bob Marley and you don't get many of these opportunities where you can make a big budget biopic mm-hmm. um like this and so it kind of feels like that opportunity you know we won't really get for a long time if ever um especially because you can have so, dialogue that just where you just tell people what happened at the very least if you're, if you're right in that time period yeah right um even a even a good flashback we like sometimes we can appreciate a good like little flashback i know we had some of these in the in the movie but well, they were more so having to do with the relationship between yeah um, and then the other half of the time it was dream the, sequences two. which you could have easily taken out yeah <laughs> i don't know why they would do a dream sequence it's never it's not necessary right that's a new um, blood out biopic thing because james brown had a lot of those too <laughs> <laughs> so did Elvis actually come to think of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we have this, this, and I'll get into it in spoilers, but we have a big event that happens towards the beginning of the movie. And it felt like that was probably the only big major event 
like dramatic event that happens throughout the whole movie. And I would have appreciated that. I feel like Bob Marley has more of an interesting life than this movie <laughs> kind of portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wish we would have gotten to see some of those more interesting parts. Uh, I thought Kingsley Benadir and Lashana Deer, Lash, Lashana Deer. I'm, I'm marrying them. <laughs> Lashana Deer. Um, <laughs> Maybe Lashana Benadir. Lashana Benadir. No, that woman Kingsley has, Benadir has and her Lashana, own thing. Lashana, I, I think she might actually have a husband. His name might be <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y- y'all just had good, good chemistry. Um, uh, and Lashana Lynch, I thought they both did an excellent job, uh, particularly Lashana Lynch. Uh, one of my main things, I saw that on AMC, this show had, um, at the AMC that I went to, it had an open caption showing. And I almost wish I would have gone to that because it was a little tough to understand. With I'm not some gonna of lie. The- I saw this with Ari, and Ari was like, "I don't know if I'm gonna be able to hang around with," because <laughs> she could. I I could barely understand them mostly because I was in, uh, I'm from South Carolina, so that Caribbean accent is still there in some pieces. Um, in certain parts of South Carolina, so I was like, I could pick up, and then eventually I just got it used to it. But and I think she did too. But for the first part of the movie, it is really hard to understand it everybody. Is. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, totally. you'll say because the the Jamaican cadence, even they they even reorder the words in the sentence differently. Like I'll, I'll say an example once we get into spoilers, but um, because because they reorder the words, you 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 understand the sentence after the sentence has already been said, and then they're already on to another sentence, so you might miss that sentence or understand it later. So it's kind of a, a thing that you, you ultimately get used to it and, you know, you can train your ear or whatever, but um, it was, it was a little tough and that's no fault of anybody's, but my own, because I, <laughs> I, I it, because it's I, a little bit their fault. Cause that is like a common census <laughs> among a lot of people. And I agree. I have audio issues myself. So a couple of times in the movie, I was like, see, but it's I, not I, like I understand audio. the context. It's not audio issues, it's just that like it like because it's it's a it's the same thing as with the Little Mermaid, right? Where it's like like if you watch the original cartoon Little Mermaid, yes, that is a like cartoon Jamaican accent. It is is clearly an English speaker doing an approximation of a Jamaican accent to give like so that it's like you you know that you get the concept, but it's still clear enough that the average English speaker can know exactly what he's saying, like every syllable, every word. Versus in the Little Mermaid remake, that is what a Jamaican accent is supposed to sound like. And it's the same thing with, with this movie where it's like, it is hard to understand, but at the same time, that is what a, a true Jamaican accent sounds like. Some of these actors are Jamaican, like like that's their nationality, and that is how they talk. So it's not that it's incorrect, is that for the average English, especially because it's supposed to be a movie made, you know, by uh, Americans, presumably, and maybe like with some Jamaican help here and there, like it sounds, <laughs> it's it the, the accents are so thick, it's hard to penetrate through. It's the same thing as like someone who had a, if someone had a really thick Chinese accent or uh, Parisian accent or whatever, where it's like, 
It's like it's not Italian. that your English is bad. It's that it's it's just your accent is just so thick. It's hard to penetrate. Just not used. I'm just yeah, not I'm not used, used to, to hearing yeah, it. And that's nobody's like fault or anything. I don't. I don't. I don't like blame. I don't think the movie is worse because of that. It's just it caught me off guard. I no, wish I would have gone to, to the know. It's show. something to know yeah. for sure, especially for like people who like because like for me, like I said, I have a little bit of background in hearing Caribbean accents. Uh, just from where I grew up and then also to even taking a cruise to the Bahamas one time when I was little. So it's like, I know the accent. So it's easy. It was easier for me to pick up some of the things, but for uh, Ariana, she's not. And so for her, it's a lot harder for a little bit until she got used to it. And so it's like, it like, and I'm sure there are a lot of people uh, who watch this movie who especially have not heard Jamaican accents or, you know, know nothing about Jamaica are probably going to have a hard time. <laughs> Especially yeah, when they throw in Jamaican colloquialisms too, like bumba or oh, bumba clap. Like, like it's like it's gonna get even more crazy. It's like, what did they just say? <laughs> no, I agree. And I did have issues with it as well. I'm not very good. I haven't been exposed to Jamaican accents in very much in my life. So yeah, some of the some of the things I did have a problem with. But I could still tell when somebody was faking a Jamaican accent. That's how like <laughs> unique a Jamaican accent is, I feel like at times. That you can automatically tell when you're like, oh, you're definitely faking that. Even I'm not used to this dialect, but I can hear it. <laughs> uh, so should we get into spoilers? Yeah. So audience, we're about to get into the spoilers for Bob Marley, One Love. I mean, you know, you could always just go to a Wikipedia page and see these spoilers yourself if you'd like. But if you don't want any spoilers at all. Type in Bob Marley biography. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, go ahead and pause this. Go watch the movie. Come back. Tell us what you thought. Um, but we're going to go full blown. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm going to start here because uh, one of the major things I feel like this movie could have thrown in, and they only mention it in one line, but I feel like it, would, it, would, it was important. And I know the reason it was omitted is because Ziggy Marley was in charge of the production on this, which is that why the hell didn't they talk about Bob Marley's many women and many children? <laughs> That's exactly what I we wanted to talk about. Because uh, after you said, I thought about that when I was watching the movie. I was like, didn't he have a lot? And I even looked it up. I was like, you have, you have many This children. man has 11 children from, hold on, one, two, three, four. Uh, uh, well, uh, two of them are, I think one or two of them are adopted, but... Uh, the women involved are like uh, Rita, Pat Williams, Janet Hunt, Janet Bowen, Lucy Pounder, Anita Belnavez, uh, Bel- uh, and Cindy Breakspear. And uh, it says, and then another child from Rita's affair, who's not his child, but he adopted them uh, um, with another dude. Because there, uh, there is a scene where the two of them are fighting Rita and Bob, Bob Marley. And she mentions all these other kids, but they're never mentioned again uh, anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Explain context. And then when you're like, oh, the son had involvement with the film. I'm like, that makes sense. That makes <laughs> sense because we've seen well, bio projects like that where they ignore basically the bastard children. The bastard. Yeah, because he only yeah, ever mentioned Ziggy in name even in the movie, in the script. Every time they ask about the children, he's like, how's Ziggy doing? And I'm like, you're not going to and anybody else. Just like, how are the kids? Oh, they're good. It's like, and how's Ziggy? He's good. I'm like, why would he name specifically Ziggy and not everybody else? Well, and once we get to that part that you were talking about, Alex, where they're fighting 
it, it kind of doesn't feel like there was much of a lead up to it. Doesn't feel like it was as earned because she does say, you know, you get to be off with all these women or whatever, whatever she says. Um, and I just have basically I have to just sit here and and help you out and and be behind the scenes and stuff. And I feel like if we would have gotten a good representation of that throughout the movie, you would have felt her frustration a little bit more. But because we didn't, it's it, she has good reason to be upset. But I felt like we could have felt it a little bit more had we seen it in the movie prior. It, Especially because like-, like Cindy Breakspear is there. Yeah. Like one of his other women is there. She's one of the backup singers. She's in fact, there's a scene where uh, Bob's on the phone with Rita and there's like a whole focus on Cindy watching him be on the phone. And then she has a little bit of an attitude and then she walks up. We never we that's it. That's the only time we ever really see because otherwise she's always in the background giving Rita looks. But you never know why or what her deal is and it's because they never explain to you yeah that's one of his other the other women who he's had children with and she lives in the compound with them (laughs) it's so interesting that you can tell when an artist's child has definitely had influences because they'll project the marriage as so much more better but a lot of the major arguments that happen between musicians artists in general and their spouses help curve curve the way of like is this marriage still intact? How their career is influenced, you know, all this stuff. Those marital spouts have such a big um are such big factors that they can't pretend they didn't exist. So then it leads to this weird situation where you're like, oh, like, yeah, we all knew, and they kind of hint at a mistress and other children. But it almost looks like they're a good couple. Rita deserves so much better than what she got, you know, doing everything she did. And then all of a sudden yeah, it's like I, this huge argument, and it's like well, I understand the reason for the argument and how it affected his life and a career in music and moving forward. And he, they needed that fight. But at the same time, clearly your mar- parents' marriage was not good, man. For that, big Well, I can believe that they things were amicable because Jamaican culture is a little different than the States where it's like if you cheat on somebody, like that's it. Like in Jamaican culture, much like a lot of African culture, it's like when you're married, you're married. Like you, like you cheat, you deal with it. <laughs> like you, you but you stay together you make it work is the, is well, the, and, is the idea and, and, you know so i can believe that and, from ziggy's perspective his parents probably did seem like they were still cool with each other maybe not like happy necessarily but still like amicable in a, in a relationship where like when rita's like hey bob needs my help i'll be there yeah you know? but, but you're an and, adult you and in a lot now. of sorry go ahead oh sorry and in a lot of uh caribbean and uh african uh cultures Polygamy is just another Tuesday. Um, True. So I can believe so, that Rita wasn't at, like, wasn't like, cause as Americans, we would be, she would be and like, most women would be pissed, but I can believe that like knowing Jamaican and African culture, I can believe that she was like, I'm not cool with it, but you know, this is the man I married. I still love you. So we're, st- I'm still going to be here for you. Yeah. I'm still going to, you know, like cook for you or whatever. If you need a meal, like I'm still going to support and I'm still going to be here. But I don't think so. I, I don't think his mom would probably do dec- like Rita would see it as like I had a bad marriage as much as it's like I had a marriage with problems. You know, I what? guess it's I the way to, to describe it. No, I agree with that because I think I was looking at it through a more American lens because like it's heavy. It, that's heavy, too, in Latin cultures where I 
no family members exactly with this way. Like my own grandfather was a lot like Bob Marley. He did God's work and helped repopulate a little bit. <laughs> so I I understand totally looking at it from yeah the Latin culture, but I I guess I was more cl- looking at it more through the American lens of like. I would have hit him with a frying pan and left. <laughs> I mean, she did Damn. smack the taste out of his mouth that one time. She did. Like, like she did. in the street. <laughs> like, get your goddamn hands on me. Spow! <laughs> Fair enough. She did. So, he, you know, he did, he, and he a, earned it. He earned he it. Did. He was tripping. Straight up. Mm-hmm. He was tripping. Uh, I, so I agree with you, violence. though, of like, Jonathan, of like, <laughs> yeah, the epicness is not there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Well, that was going to kind of lead to my, my thing where, where I, speaking of violence, uh, we have the, the, a big event towards the beginning of the movie where um, he gets shot. Uh, he survives, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of shapes how he moves which those uh, assassins were trash too. It's like you want to kill Bob Marley. He is like, I shot him once, y'all, and then I unloaded the whole rest of the clip into this other dude. Okay, but well, did you check to make sure he was dead? What? You didn't check the bother <laughs> to check to make sure he was dead. And then on top of that, not only did he not kill Bob Marley, the dude he shot six times, he didn't even kill. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, Lashana Lynch survived. Everybody survived. Nobody died. <laughs> I almost wish that part in the movie would have happened towards like the climax. Yeah, like the middle. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it felt like a, a a major part of his life um, that would have had a good, I, I felt like they could have built a good lead up to that. Especially because it's supposed to be the right. It's supposed to be the the. Um, I think the title is the rising action. I think I. I don't know. I haven't looked at the hero's journey in a long time. <laughs> but uh, it's supposed to be the thing that gets Bob to like you know go down the path of like being like, oh man, I got to get out of here. I got to I got to change up some things. But the problem is, is that you don't get any insight into Bob's like headspace on that. Like you you kind of do. With like some looks, and he goes to talk to the 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 uh, other Rastafarian guy who's like his pastor or whatever, and he like he's like, yeah, man, Bob, like you know, some crazy stuff's about to happen, man. You're gonna do big things, like something something big's waiting for you. And then like, and then Bob has a look, and then we cut to London, and he's just like, hey, I want to do something different with my album, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, how did you come to that? <laughs> come to that decision. How do we get here? How do we get here? Like and it and that's that's the problem with the movie is they kind of skip a lot of That's sl- what I was like it has the feel of like a bio series. Mm-hmm. You know, where like all of a sudden the next episode we're in this completely different location. How'd I get here? I don't know. But technically it's not the same as the last episode. So that's what I was like. This kind of has this I feel like this almost would have done better as a bio series. And they would have had time to space out some more things. Kind of show why you're go- that he was going to London or how he ended up there, I guess, after after everything. And like just a, a little more time to flush out certain events they seem to have wanted to show in the movie, but weren't presenting correctly. Yeah, especially because that assassination temp, especially is like. It's supposed to be like a, this big moment. It feels like we kind of escape by it real quick. Yeah. And then. Mm-hmm. 
And then like all of a sudden he's he's out of the hospital and well. Like next scene, literally he's out yeah. of the hospital. Yeah. And, and, well. <laughs> um, and it's just it, there's a lot of it, it, like especially when they like even making the album. Like we get one scene where Bob is like, no, don't play the drums that way. Play the drums this way. And they get a new guitarist and uh, and he's great. And then they just make the album. The next scene, like the, like the next couple of scenes, we get a little bit. We get a little bit of jamming, which again, that's the I think that's the biggest thing about this movie is that I think the music. First of all, you got Bob Marley's music, so it's going to be great in jam. Yeah, but they kind of want to use the music as an excuse to be like, see, he made music. And it's like, okay, again, you ha- this is a biopic in a very specific point in his life, which means you have time. This movie is only an hour and 47 minutes. You have time to maybe show the writing process. What did Bob Marley do that made the album sound different and feel different? Because like you look at something like a Bohemian Rhapsody, I still don't think that movie is great. But the one thing that movie nailed down very well is that it, it made it very clear how Queen changed over the years and changed up their sound and what things led them to want to change up a different sound. Like we get the stuff with when they're making Bohemian Rhapsody and they go to this farm and they just like experiment and play around with some ideas and they try opera and stuff like that. Then we go into the disco era and Freddie's like, oh man, we need a disco sound. Like we need to change things up. And they make, um, Another one bites the dust, and then we see them do the 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 stop stop clap for uh um we will rock we you. will rock you like we see the the thought process that led to making these iconic songs that we know and love. This movie needed that, and instead they just play the iconic songs that we know, but you don't see what they did differently to get there or whatever or anything or any process. So it makes it makes these scenes feel hollow. Because it's like, I, I love the music. I'm liking what I'm seeing. The visuals are great. Cinematography is beautiful. But I don't know why we're seeing what we're seeing because the motivation for the scene's not there. And because the motivation's not there, the amount to, uh, to care is not there. <laughs> Cheddar, it's just like, look at it's, my tail. Look at my nubbins. <laughs> it's, it's almost like this, this movie takes place in such a short specific amount of time but they don't spend the right amount of time in the right places during that amount of time it's almost like they were trying to get every aspect of what happened in this period of time versus focusing on the most important aspect of that period of time and just fleshing that out they they wanted to to spread it a little bit too thin which is interesting because since it takes place in such a short amount of time, you would think that they would they would master that amount of time, but they don't really. They really skipped over some things that they shouldn't have. Yeah, especially because like we get that dream sequence with the like the fire in the field, and then he gets uh, picked up by that one Rastafarian guy, and he I, I think I, at least I think he's supposed to be Rastafarian, and he picks him up, takes him on his horse, and it's like at no point. Do we get an explanation for what this dream is in the sense of like Bob Marley, maybe talking to Rita and being like, I keep having this dream or this thought about this like field that's on fire and yada, yada, or, or even if they don't like, because it's like, cause they want to do something like, uh, get on up, did the same thing with James Brown, where there's a sequence where he's like a, a boy and he's running through the woods. But the difference is that with James Brown, 
they had set up that James Brown as a kid, like was always trying to run away from like his home when he was little. And so it kind of plays into this idea of like, is it reality? Is it not? Like, is this a dream sequence or is this a memory? You know, playing around with those ideas. Even Elvis did the same thing too, where we, we know it's kind of his past, but there's also a dreamlike element to it to make it a little more surreal. Here, they don't set that up. The little bit of stuff we get with him as a little boy, he's like chilling with his mom. And then the rest of the flashbacks are him as like more or less like a young adult to like, you know, in his like late 20s. So uh, it's this weird dream sequence that comes up when it feels like it's just taking up time that we could have used to maybe show some of the rise of Bob Marley, like how he became famous, how he got discovered, like what, the, like what songs put him on the map. Any of that stuff would have been good to see. Because if like, you know, I don't think the problem is that they're in this time period and they're trying to just capture these few years of Bob Marley's life. I think that's fine. It's just they don't do the most to maximize, like Jonathan was saying, to maximize like the concept from there of like really utilizing that time and letting us get to, because normally when biopics do that, because Selma did the same thing. Selma's Martin Luther King's time period in Selma exclusively. We don't see like, you know, the bus boycott and all those other things. I have a dream speech. Like none of that's in there. It's just when he went to Selma. So we spent a lot of time learning about the minute details of why he went to Selma, what was happening at that time, important stuff like that. So it's like, you know, when you, you know, when you're not dealing with the macro life of a person, you're dealing with the micro points of their life deal on like that's when you focus on micro details give us everything yeah yeah which is very it could have been a bit longer yeah it could have i wouldn't i wouldn't have minded because honestly when the movie when they go to the one love concert and then he's like yeah let's go and then it cuts to black and then they, we get text of like bob marley was really great and he died due to cancer i'm like I'm sorry, is the movie over? <laughs> I was expecting more movie. <laughs> I was like, I even looked at Ari. I was like, oh, the movie's over? I thought there was going to be more. <laughs> I was going to prepare for more movie. That's, yeah. And then they showed like the actual footage and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's cool to get to see the concert, like the actual yeah. One Love concert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I For me, it's a thing where I'm like, I would have at the very least, like, especially because they made a big deal about how they built this one love set and it looks just like the one love, like actual concert stage. And then also they got Bob Marley's actual jacket uh, or they made a a replica of the jacket and it's like, it looks perfect and everything. I'm like, they made a big deal about that in the behind the scenes and then they didn't use it. (laughs) They didn't feel it. (laughs) It's not even in the movie. (laughs) Not, not really. So it's just like, okay, <laughs> I guess the movie's <laughs> over then. <laughs> um, although I, I thought it was, it was, it was nice to see Bob Marley angry. That's a, that's a visual I thought I'd never get when he was just whooping oh, that dude's when he was ass. Whooping, yeah, he was beating up the <laughs> dude, almost threw a chair at him. He was like, hold on. It was like, yeah. He was like, well, I ain't, I ain't got nothing to show for it. Nothing to show for it. I'm about to get, you about to have an ass whooping to show for it. Come here, mother. <laughs> this chair at you. <laughs> but then at the end, he daps up the guy who tried to murder him. Listen, there's, that's different. <laughs> all right. Like that guy 
clearly lied to Bob Marley. He was trying to take advantage of him. The, the assassination guy, first of all, he's like, first of all, you didn't kill anybody. So I guess, you know, all things considered, it's all good. But also, uh, <laughs> it evens out. It evens out. But also, uh, you know, he came humbly just to be like, hey, man, I'm really sorry I shot you and your friend and your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, who knows? Maybe Bob only knows about him. But- He's like, well, you shot me, and that's okay. Yes, I shot you, and only you. Nobody else. <laughs> Bob Marley is better than me. <laughs> See, I was prepared for him. Like, if it were me, I'd be like, hey, it's all good, man. Yo, bring it in. Bring it in. Get a hug. Well, does he know I have the kitchen knife? And the second he gets in, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Ah, you came I was like and I'd just be like where's your god now Sing, and just let him die on the floor turn into a John, uh, Jamaican John Wick <laughs> basically <laughs> he'd just be out here bleeding and then he'd be like Bob we need to get him to the hospital no if you take him to the hospital he won't learn let him lay there <laughs> take him to the hospital that feels like something it, out of our childhood like he didn't take me to the hospital <laughs> All right, he shot me and, and what's his face? <laughs> and I'm gonna <laughs> he'll be fine. <laughs> I um, I feel like this movie could have done so much more had they focused a lot more on the polit- well, the politics that were going on and how his music were so intertwined with it. Very true. Because they do mention the British thing, but they don't they don't really really. At all. And there's this one press interview in the movie where, you know, they're talking about when they're talking to him, they're like, yo, you're going to have to kind of pick a side. He's like, I'm not picking a side. I'm, you know, I'm not in this. This is my fight. And it's it's kind of reflects heavily right now on today's artists, musicians and actors who like some are picking sides. But others are like, it's I'm neutral with what's going on in the world. You know, I don't really have a say. It's like, mm, no, you're kind of in the public eye. People are watching you. You you have some power over the people. Like, you, unfortunately, you do have to pick a side. And if you choose silence, it's kind of still the wrong side. And mm-hmm. Bob Marley's interview yeah, had a show that when he was just like, oh, I'm here to make music. Like, yeah, but your music has now reached both heads of the political parties that were in conflict. Like, you you have power, you have sway, you have you have some ability. And the fact that you're not using it was was mind boggling. And I felt like, yeah, if they just focused a lot more, I don't know, it probably wouldn't. I don't know if it would help the movie or not, but just it would definitely have a heavier message then instead of like what they were trying to do now, where they it felt like almost they were using the political conflicts as like many points in this movie. I, like this movie had this weird vibe of like getting mixed between like this is the artist and his struggle oh this is the artist and the political conflict he was in and then this is the artist and the life he had at home it's like this weird merger of all three of them and none of them are reflecting enough on one or the other it's uh, they're just so equally mushed up together you don't really know mm-hmm. what type of movie you should be watching and it doesn't really speak to how like Bob Marley started his music or, you know, the journey he was on. It's a weird mushed up movie of different points in a short time span, but different points 
but it's also a good example of how many different things an artist can th- go through and how quickly things change within like a year span and you know all the major life all the major life events an artist may go through could seem like endless to us like oh yeah i remember when they went through this it was only last week for them and now they have to go through something else so that actually was kind of a good reflection on that about the passage of time and the constant major events that are occurring in artists' lives, especially when they're so heavily put in the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this movie, you know what it is? If they wanted to do the thing where this movie is supposed to focus on a certain period of time in his life, they should have picked the time before this. Like, they should have picked, like, in the middle where he's, like, maybe, like, the rise of Bob Marley leading up to him deciding to do this concert because like after like because he decides to do this concert and then after that you know according to this movie life just happened he made another album and then he did the concert that's pretty much it like it did nothing uh, like all the special stuff of maybe the conflict that would come arise because he had you know kids with rita then he started having the affairs that conflict we don't have that here so, like, we don't get to see, like, Rita's process of her reconciling with that and still deciding I'm still going to be a Bob Marley or whatever. That would be some drama that would be good to see. We don't see the decision he made to make his first album. We don't see him putting together his group, like, putting together the Whalers and earning a lot of respect in Jamaica, especially with the, with the fandom and stuff and becoming, like, that legend in local Jamaica. Like, we don't get any of, those, any of these things that are the most interesting parts of Bob Marley's journey and his life and so what we're because left- he is he is the biggest artist to ever come out of jamaica mm-hmm. and i feel like that wasn't really portrayed that well in the movie there were some scenes where you have like the fanfare and people like the, the one where people are mobbing the car um but other than that you have the concert and that's about it. Especially because he also like, cause it's like, I get it. Exodus is a really great album. It's one of the greatest albums of all time. And it's like, on top of that, it's really important for Bob Marley himself as a person. But <laughs> like, it's, it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick it. That's why I say like, they shouldn't, I think we, we've hit a point. Stop letting people involved in whatever the biopic is about being on the production side of it because i and i say it that way because bohemian rhapsody had the same problem because the band was in charge of making the movie <laughs> like they chose to make the movie and so they were the ones on the production side and again it was like a lot of shit was omitted and you could clearly tell <laughs> because they wanted the band to look like to be portrayed in a certain light yeah. um Except for Freddie, who's also, not allowed to defend himself and, and say, well, no, that's not how it happened. This is how it happened. And it's like, no, no, this is how it happened. And no one can argue. <laughs> Just accept it. No one can argue. Also, I, I think I knew this, but I wasn't quite sure. When I watched the movie, I was like, oh, did y'all know about Marley was biracial? I did not know that, I but did. I mean, it's, it makes sense. <laughs> okay. I'm like, glad I'm not alone. I'm glad I'm not alone. Wait, okay. why does it make sense? Because uh, the British, um, like, control of oh. Jamaica, 
there's a there was a lot of interracial kids during that time. There's a lot of races. It's kind of the same thing with like Trevor Noah, for example, where Trevor Noah grew up in a time where it was literally illegal for him to walk the same street as one of his parents because of the racism and stuff. But there were plenty of kids that had that experience. Um, because interracial relationships was very much a thing at the time. Now, granted, in Bob Marley's case, his dad was just a piece of shit who just, <laughs> just like slept with his mom and then was just like, all right, bye, I'm out. Um, but like that was a very common thing in Jamaica around that time, around like British rule and in all the countries, India, Jamaica, yeah. Africa, like all like, you know, the, you know, bigger parts of Africa. Like it's all like so it's, it's a very common thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I didn't know saying. Bob Marley was one of them. I just thought he was light skinned. I didn't know he was uh, biracial. Same. Um, but I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> he still he, like he was all about his people, though. He didn't care. He was like, I don't mm. care if people give me a hard time because I'm biracial. Uh, which that's another thing that he mentions it. They ne- it never comes up that like he's having problems because people don't give him the time of day because he's biracial. Like when he's younger, like that doesn't come up either. <laughs> Well, I thought it was kind of interesting how how him and Rita both bonded like as kids because uh, because he was biracial and people made fun of him because of that, and then she was dark skinned and people made fun of her because of that, and they both bonded on kind of being like outsiders, so to speak, um, from. they're like communities, I guess. Now, I think the one thing this movie nails, though, more than anything else, it nails the religious aspect. Because I didn't know, I don't know much about Rastafarian culture, and let alone Bob Marley's specific religious preferences. And this movie nails it. I think it really does a, uh, it doesn't do, give you like a whole breakdown of like, this is what Rastafarian is, and this is like all this history. It doesn't do that. But it does give you a good sense of what, like, of what Rastafarian beliefs are, like how they conduct themselves, how they uh, see themselves in relation to God, in relation to other people, and um, and why you know Rastafarian culture is so important to them, and all those things. And I thought that was really cool to see to have like a because mo- you know I don't imagine any other movie getting this detailed <laughs> with Rastafarian culture. Uh, so it's. Um, it was really cool to see that. And I'm glad that this movie um, did decide to go deeper into those aspects of Bob Marley and, and his wife too, um, of like, you know, why, why Rastafarian culture was important to him and, and, and how it influenced his music in a lot of ways. Um, and was involved. Cause I remember growing up, like that was my dad's big thing. Cause uh, I got introduced to Bob Marley through my dad and he, um, he had a greatest hits, Bob Marley greatest hits album. And he was just telling me about how cool Bob Marley was. And he was talking about like all of the like God and religious uh, aspects of his music and stuff. And, you know, growing up in a Christian household, it's like, okay, cool. Bob Marley's on the list. He's cool. <laughs> um, and so it's like, um, like, it was really cool to see that. And I'm glad they did that for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, see that's I, any final thoughts it's hard it's to like, review this movie because it's like this movie has like it, you it's can't like, criticize like plot points or anything on this movie because it's a biopic well um, also mm-hmm. like it's it's more that it's not so much criti- the criticizing the, the plot points more just criticizing the fact that like 
the movie is like bare bones <laughs> when it comes to like meat potato. So there's not a lot to talk about as far as like, well, well this doesn't make sense. This goes to this because the stuff that wouldn't make sense or would make sense to get to this point isn't there. It's gone. <laughs> so it's just, you're just left with also, like the moments. They don't focus on anything people would want. A, I feel like people would want a Bob Marley movie to focus on solely. Either like I said, his the political uh, conflict that was going on in Jamaica and his influence and everything like that, that would be an astounding story to tell right now, especially with what's going on. To have a movie like that and to have an artist who is so powerful, who is known, uh, you know, for for constantly preaching about peace. And there's also, like, the fact that I didn't know he was half black either or the situation that was going on in Jamaica. Um, You could have done a whole movie on that because a lot of the times in another i bring up you know all the other people of color biopics and docuseries and all that stuff they never actually focus on how it can be sometimes within your own culture of being light-skinned or being too dark when i was younger i was much darker skinned and i used to get made fun of it for made fun of it all the time and that was something that's always like really stuck with me it's one of the reasons, you know, I stopped going out into sun so much and my, I, I allowed my skin to lighten. And as an adult, that still affects me. It makes me sad. You know, that is such an important moment in my life. And I know a lot of people in Latin culture can relate. Um, and so it's like there are so many aspects of Bob Marley's life that I would love to focus on and learn because he is such an amazing artist. I don't really like uh, like listen to reggae. It's not really my style. But like I can listen to Bob Marley all all day because his music has just such passion and such a um, strong message in everything he sings. And I just feel like, again, it's, it's like this with every POC docuseries, biopic. It's just they just focus on these pinpoint moments of the artist's life, ones you well know, and they go maybe a little bit deeper or something, but they never give us like, we want to know the artists at their at their core at their surface and see like what's there compared to like mm-hmm. well yeah i i know what happened here i know how this person met their partner i know their relationship wasn't great but like you had mentioned earlier about you know the cultures with a lot of african jamaican and again latin where it was completely okay for the man to go and have like multiple children with multiple women and how the differences when you're looking at it through like an american lens like i said it was so I feel like this movie could have been so much more, but again, we are left with something that was just like, meh. It was cool to see Bob part of Bob Marley's story up on that screen, but like, there's so much more I could have learned about him up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Alex, I, you you kind of gave your your final thoughts in in that beautifully said. Uh, <laughs> message but uh what what's your grade i'm gonna give it um i'm gonna give it a c wasn't bad it wasn't great i'm glad that i went to see it um of course the music is fantastic you know so at least you're gonna get that you're gonna get some good music out of this movie yeah listening to the soundtrack of it so (laughs) so like i think it was still enjoyable and it it makes you do want to learn more about bob marley because this was only just like such little part of his career he's had such a long career and long life mm-hmm. so it'd be cool to learn more about him 
for sure. Jerome, final thoughts? Great. Uh, I think this movie is has been done a serious disservice. <laughs> I know I keep using that word, but it's true. I think, uh, and I say that because who knows the next time we're going to get another Bob Marley biopic. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be like the Steve Jobs situation where like Ashton Kutcher's Steve Jobs movie came out and then Michael Fassbender's Steve Jobs movie came out. And it's like, if you looked at both those movies, you got two different versions of Steve Jobs, but I bet both of them were Steve Jobs as a person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because people are, are two things can be true at the same time. People can be, you know, harsh and and and, and mean, or you know, very or focused or or type barbaric or whatever you you know word you want to describe them, and still be in other moments sweet and compassionate and uh, inspiring. And it's like you know that's what that's what makes a person a person is that they have so many sides to them. And with Bob Marley, you could tell that he has a lot of sides to him. Like he's like you know the man's life is not you know uh, by what we would define like perfect like yes he had multiple women yes he had multiple kids and that's kind of shitty that he did that to his wife that he would step out on his marriage like that but at the same time he also was the guy who believed in peace and unity and loved everybody he loved his kids equally we see that with even with rita where he adopted her kid from another marriage before they got together and adopted the child she had during an affair within his marriage, he still was like, yeah, that's my kid too. Bring them on over. Like, this is a type of person who has so much love in his heart for the world and everyone around him and put it into his music. And so there's like two things can be true at the same time. And I feel like this movie misses a lot of moments to really show Bob Marley the man, not Bob Marley the dad that I love so much. And that's why I made this movie or Bob Marley, the amazing musician or Bob Marley, the legend, like Bob Marley, the person who has flaws and didn't do everything right, but he still was deep down a good man, great musician and uh, an icon for a reason. And I, I like, I wish this movie had really dived into a lot more moments in Bob Marley's history into his life because the, problems with this movie is that it's just lacking in a lot of areas as far as like really giving us the reasons for why Bob Marley does a lot of things he does in this film. I'm going to speak in this film specifically. Um, the performances are good. I, I can't complain. I, I think, you know, they're, it's just because of the scripts moments, like they don't get a lot of time to really like dive in. You only ever get really two to three really good like dramatic scenes where something really drum dramatic is happening and we get to see a different side because otherwise bob marley's cool pretty much most of the movie except for when he's stomping that one dude out him and rita have a small fight <laughs> and when bob is really sad and he's like talking about and he's sitting in his um after he finds out he has cancer those are it that's it the rest of the moments of the movie he is a-okay chilling <laughs> yeah. I, I guess when he gets shot but even then like it's like you would think he'd have a bigger reaction when his wife's dead and he's just like oh man like it's like not that he doesn't like inside he doesn't feel turmoil but it, we don't get that from Kingsley's performance we just get <sighs> I'm sad she's shot I don't want to leave I'm gonna go to America anyway okay bye <laughs> like it's very underplayed <laughs> and it's not his fault necessarily but it's just like, 
I, I just wish there was more. I wish there was more in so many ways um, in this movie. Um, that's that's the biggest criticism I can give this movie. So, um, but you know, for all the other things I said that I like, I, I'm giving this movie a C minus. I think it's it's fine enough, you know. And like you said, Alex, it does encourage. Like I'm sure, I hope that it will get more people to want to know more about him. And just do their own research after they watch this movie. Because it reminds me a lot of like uh, Juice and the Black Messiah in that way. Where yeah. we don't get a lot of time with Fred Hampton. But after watching that movie, I was like, oh man, you know, I want to look more into Fred Hampton. I want to look, I want to find out more about this guy. Because this movie made him so, uh, so interesting. But that movie was better because it actually gave us sides of this person. And I wish this movie had done the same thing. So... You know, it is what it is. Hopefully, we'll get another Bob Marley biopic one of these days, and uh, we'll get like an actual deep dive into who Bob Marley was, how he became the icon that we love, and all these things. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah, um, like we've been saying on the episode, I definitely wish this would have. dived deeper into uh, his background, how he came to be the icon legend that he is. Um, I think that would have been a little bit more of a compelling story for me. I think that's whenever I watch a a biopic, I like seeing how they got to rise to become who they are. I think that's, that's the relatability. That's the inspiration that people uh, can enjoy when they watch these types of movies. It's like they went from this person to become this person. Um, and I think that's where we connect with 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 the person the most mm-hmm. when we're watching their story. So I wish we would have gotten a little bit of that because we kind of just jumped right into his life as the name Bob Marley without kind of earning a little bit of that um, uh, in... in in getting more of his life before. Um, we didn't talk about this on the episode, but it was um, visually apparent to me while watching the movie. The wig was a little stiff. <laughs> um, <laughs> At times, yes. It, it didn't move when he it, moved. At times. Right. It, I, 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 I thought his, <laughs> his, his locks would have flowed a little bit better. But um, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> the wig was a little. Stiff. Although that one Rastafarian um, dude that had them dressed that he was wearing basically like a cape. Oh, he was, I was like, God oh dang, brothers! Like, dreads. <laughs> now those were real. I believe those. Oh, were definitely. Real. I think that was his real hair for sure. Mm-hmm. Is it just because how he was comfortable wearing it? Because <laughs> he was comfortable with them. Uh huh. He was comfortable <laughs> with those. Just, I wonder if in dramatic moments he's like, "I told you what I said. I said what I said." <laughs> throw the throw the dread over his side, <laughs> walk off. Like as when he spins it, like a, it's like a trench coat. Just the dreads just flop over like a like a <laughs> like a jacket. Air <laughs> <laughs> for drama. I love it. <laughs> Uh, but I, I did, I think maybe maybe a little bit more than you guys, I did enjoy uh, King Kingsley's performance uh, a, good, a good amount. I also enjoyed Lashana Lynch, and um, I thought they did a good job. And I, I, I felt like they, 
casted, they obviously casted authentically Jamaican people um, versus the two leads weren't, but I felt like a good majority of the cast was. So I, I applaud them on that front in that they didn't just get a whole bunch of American and British people and tell them put on Jamaican accents. You could tell there was authentic on authenticity there. Yeah, and they uh, say uh, Kingsley actually did an interview talking about that, where he was like, he felt like he did have a little bit of apprehension because he's like, I don't want to be the British guy who's playing this Jamaican icon. <laughs> and uh, but he said Ziggy, like Ziggy, was the one who kind of um, gave him his blessing and, and made him feel more comfortable playing the character. So I was mm. like, that's kind of cool. I'm glad, and I'm glad that he. Yeah, because he said he was the best one uh, that auditioned. Yeah, so I'm like, and I, I think so. that's really cool that he, uh, that he, he had that moment to uh, just like take it seriously, because <laughs> you get a yeah. lot of actors that are like, mm-hmm. I'm doing this role because I need the money. I don't care about the cultural significance. And so it's nice to have an actor who's like, no, I see the cultural significance. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try my, my best, but I do see that like, it's a little, I do feel a certain type of way that, you know, being a British man, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, with that being said, I'll probably give it a B minus B for Bob. <laughs> and... <laughs> uh yeah because it, it it was okay it was okay for me um yeah it, it, it was all right um i'm all just right. hoping that it'll just jumpstart people's desire to learn about learn about bob marley and the impact and influence he has and he kind of still has to this day with his music because mm-hmm. if anybody ever thinks you know about peace honestly they think about bob marley yeah yeah exactly so. I th- i'd say this is a good Watch this when it comes out on on demand or on streaming, um, and just you know put in put it on in the background maybe even while you're folding clothes and just have a good yeah, time. Yeah, there's no. I think that's the that's the biggest thing. There's no reason to see this in theaters, and yeah, yeah. Like it's like especially because it's not like we're getting a Bob Marley One Love Two uh, anytime soon. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So too low. <laughs> so it's like, like there's no reason to see this in theaters. I would say, yeah, wait till this comes out on streaming, watching the comfort of your own home. Unless you just really want to hear Bob Marley's music over the sound of like uh, theater good. speakers. Like that's that's the only reason you, I would say if you really want to hear it in like a theater setting. That was good. Then then go. But otherwise, there's no reason to watch this in a movie theater. You could easily just watch this at home. And get exactly. the same enjoyment out of it. I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. Did you give it a grade, Jonathan? Although shout out, yes, yeah, I'd be oh, okay. minus B for Bob. Um, shout out to Ziggy Marley. Without him, we would have never gotten the Arthur theme song. So shout out! <laughs> I to always him. forget Every that. You're walking down the street. Blows my mind. It's crazy. <laughs> I love it. It's right? crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of like old shows uh, coming back from like people's childhood. Also, we got the new X Men '97 trailer too. So, you know, it's gonna be like we're gonna have a bunch of people now in their houses here. <laughs> Just it's a classic. Love that theme song. <laughs> well, I've been watching an old show recently, Mash. I don't know how I got like, oh. there. <laughs> But one day I just I just you started know, playing it. I was like, I I remember that. I watched it when I was a kid. 
as an adult, jokes are different. You know the you know the finale of Mash is the most watched episode of TV ever. I don't. I feel like that record's broken. No. Not now, because TV, nobody that's watches true, TV. Nobody watches well, it. Yeah, I mean, that's it's true. Like, Because I was going to say, I feel like that record's broken by probably stuff like Game of Thrones or something. But then at the same time, mm-hmm. who knows? Like, that, uh, like uh, I don't know if people were watching. Well, no, people were watching that on TV at the time. Yeah, they had uh, Let me. But not, like, live at the same time. Well, yes that's, no. Yeah, that's the part of it, yeah. It's it like, like, who's yeah, watching no, stuff at Mash, the same time? How many? Yeah, let me, hold on. MASH finale view. How many... How many viewers did they have? A hundred and six million viewers. Just like, like at the same time. Mm-hmm. In 1983, a record that not only eclipsed other broadcasts up to that point, but one that hasn't occurred again since. And it was the series finale or like just in general? For comparison, Game of Thrones did 13.6 million viewers in its finale. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and then people. Sorry, what'd you say? I, I was, was just like, that's the series finale, right? Yeah, yeah it was a series finale. Yeah, it's, and it's no, still, I mean, to this day, it currently is still MASH. Yeah. It is. I mean, I've only watched the first few episodes, and I, I remember liking it a lot when I was a kid and it being funny because I used to love on TV land. I used to love watching the old shows, and that was one <laughs> of the ones that came on, you know, after 10 p.m. Because it had violence. Uh, but it, it's really fun to watch again. And all the characters are different. Now, granted, the same as I remember them. Granted, right. that's for like a scripted television show. The ones like, because the Apollo moon landing had the most viewers on yeah. television at the same time. And then also, as far as sporting events, apparently Super Bowl. Super Bowls. Is that 40, I think? Or I don't know. But in 2017, her, it's the largest total viewership for uh like for part of the broadcast not the whole thing um for u.s television so it's like for a tv show yes mash is the leader by yeah. a wide margin <laughs> either way like it probably it. will stay that way because with streaming coming i'm not, like I, I think it won't count <laughs> yeah things don't count like, like yeah anymore hell i'm even watching mash again i if i'm they're adding numbers to that series finale being like Oh, right. If we watched it, I, I'm helping out again. They're about to be at 107. <laughs> Cheddar's ears look so big right now. They look huge. What's going on? All right. Well, like, listen, we uh, social. So Bob Marley, one love. Tell us below all you that you think. Huge. <laughs> if you saw it, did you love it? Did you hate it? Um, you know, comment below. Tell us what you think. Um, but yeah, socials. Jonathan, where can people find you? You can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. You can also follow us. It's plain at the first ones to die on all of your favorite social platforms. You can email us first ones to die at gmail.com. We would appreciate any questions, comments, feedback. You can also leave us feedback if you review us and rate us on your favorite podcast audio platform. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please give us a like and subscribe. Also, comment below. What did you think of Bob Marley One Love if you've seen it? Alex. You can find me at Alex and Nobody on Instagram and on TikTok. And the podcast TikTok, The First Ones to Die, where I post little clips of the episodes, old episodes, new episodes, uh, things we may do in the future, as well as some 
sometimes I watch movies and make commentaries and like to drag y'all in in with <laughs> screw, screw English right now. Um I'm, going, I'm coming down a little bit. Uh, but come join us there. Uh, what about you, Jerome? Where are they finding you? You can find me in that Jerome right on Instagram. And also speaking of the YouTube channel, you got to go over there and check out some of this extra content that you cannot get on the audio streaming platform, stuff like mini reviews, book reviews, gaming content, vlogs, other things. And we're going to be posting more stuff this year. We got big plans for 2024. So trust me, you do not want to miss this extra content that's coming out. We're still putting out episodes of uh, uh, Monster Camp. So be on the lookout for part four coming soon. We also got other stuff we're going to be putting out as far as new mini reviews. So Again, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to want to be subscribed. So please subscribe, hit that notification bell so you don't miss what's going on. And also, you know, like, comment, share, all those things that you know to do. Tune in next week for Dream Girls, Boys, you make you happy. Like, tune in. <laughs> you might hear some singing. You might hear some jam. And tune in for the... Tune in for the Dream Girls Challenge. <laughs> so yeah, next week, next week we're doing it's a retro terrifying. review of Dream Girls. Uh, <laughs> you're not gonna want to miss have it. Have you guys seen I that on not, TikTok? I have not, but that's like Silicon Valley thing you just no. did. <laughs> type, type. I do not want to. I am not in the good state of mind to look. Type at that in stuff. Dream Girls Challenge. If it's like that, well, you'll know when you watch the movie because there's there's you'll know when you watch the movie <laughs> and you'll be like, that's the Dream Girls Challenge. <laughs> yep not like okay. that <laughs> tune in next week when we talk about dream girls it's gonna be a fun time if you know you know we've done many musical retro reviews and they are all fun so you're not gonna want to miss this one uh, but other than that until then have a good week night morning whenever you're listening to this and we'll see you next time bye, bye. peace